breakfast at Bhaktivedanta Ashram. But she said, it's only, I think she said, two and a half kilometers. So we will get there quite early. Um, but I think she said, anyway, it's okay, we can uh, spend some time at Dan Nivartan and she'll tell us stories. And we can also move the breakfast place, it's okay, or the time. Mm -hmm. but, or we can leave. Or leave later. <laughs> yeah. Let's see what she says when she comes. She said she'll be here at six. She's fired up. Um, a practical side is mm, it's it's recommended. Actually, it's considered proper uh, when doing Govardhan Prakrama to go barefoot. Um, I may or may not. I'm maybe not going to manage the whole the whole round barefoot. So my plan, and you might want to do something similar, if you have some sort of backpack or otherwise bag. But also I think um, there's, there's going to be a, a rickshaw, or more than two rickshaws. So you could keep shoes in the rickshaw or in a backpack. And then when your feet say, I can't do it anymore, then you say, no worries. <laughs> As the Australians say. Um, because mm, it's okay. You can you can wear shoes. Such an unanswered Another option, though, is uh, if you, <laughs> I may try this, um, you'll see vendors along the way who are selling these kind of cloth slippers. Uh, they're, they're not socks, they're not shoes, they're kind of in between. And I think they're quite cheap, they're like 40 rupees or something. Um, so that's another option. So it's kind of okay. It's not quite there. It's not shoes. Yeah, we can see. Uh, so that's what I had in mind to mention for today. Before we go, will there be something else we should mention now? Just have water in you and oh, yeah. don't you can buy it on the way. Just don't mm. make sure it says bislery. Uh. Like we say, don't buy anything that it may be it may look the same, but it's not the same. So it has to be written bislery just by that. Otherwise it can be they refill them. 
Oh. So only this three water. And there is also one blue, the blue one that one is also fine. It's, I'll, I'll see it and I'll tell you which one. Um, but otherwise, don't be careful because they can switch up and we already, we, we really have clean food and clean water here, so we don't want to mess up our tummies and right. be careful. Yeah. Be, also, be kind to your stomach. <laughs> and also, if uh, if you will want to donate or something, have change on you. Because oh, yes, there is a lot of people coming, there is a lot of temples in the way, a lot of places to donate. So if you have anything, like have small change on you. And there is also next to the government town, you can exchange your big bills for the coins. So it's easier because sometimes the kids won't leave you. We are all mostly white, so it will be easier to give one rupee away than to have them nagging. So running after yeah. you time. I mean, be careful, don't give away too much, but still have some change with you, just in case. It, there is. We will come to that point. There is near the government. They have like the vendors with, like, with the with a lot of. Points and you can, yeah, it's on the way. Yeah, yeah, and there's lots and lots and lots and lots of people who are going to be very happy to see you <laughs> with their hands out and there. And that's, uh, I don't know, on this side, in Radhakund, they can get quite insistent. Um, you're not going to be able to give donations to all of them, so you have to kind of sometimes just wish them well. <laughs> but uh, it's to your own discretion, I would say. Um, yeah. yeah, that's part of the economy. <laughs> Especially over. Right, okay. <clears throat> so, as I mentioned yesterday, I thought I thought to uh, enter into what I think is. <coughs> the magnum opus of Shiva Sanatana Goswami. <laughs> Shiva Prabhupada liked to speak about Sanatana Goswami and how he came to Vrindavan, the difficulties <clears throat> being arrested by the now of escaping by some tricks, What else? His servant carrying some money, which Sanatana Goswami suspected, and he realized if he has that money, the, the innkeeper is going to kill them in order to get these coins, a few, few coins. And, uh, but then he meets Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Uh, he meets in 
um, in Varanasi. So Lord Chaitanya has been in Vrindavan. He's been here. He's been. He's discovered Radhakrishna. He has uh, come to Govardhan. He has, he, he's gone through the twelve forests of Vrindavan, and he has. Um, spent most of his time being overwhelmed <laughs> with just being in Vrindavan, in Braj. Uh, so much so that that uh, Balabhadra, Bhattacharya, is extremely distressed and fearful that Mahaprabhu is going to going to hurt himself. Uh, and so he begs and pleads. It's too much intense feeling you're having here. Please let us leave Raj. And Mahaprabhu agrees because he wants to please his devotees. Much as his whole dream, he was taking the sannyas order, he was leaving home, his whole dream was come to Vrindavan and be here. And it was so much later that he finally came, and after he finally came, he could only stay for two months, and then he left. And on his way back, he, he meets first Rupa, Rupa Goswami in Prayag, what is now um, Prayag Raj, I think they call it now. <laughs> it was uh, for many, I don't know, centuries, it was, um, what was it? Amnabad, no. Ilahabad. Ilahabad, yeah. <laughs> uh, but before that, Prayag. Now it's Prayag. He met Rupa Goswami there. He um, spoke to, spoke, he taught him for ten, ten days, yes, ten days. Uh, this is then, I would say, summarized by Krishna Das, Kaviraj, and Chaitanya Charitamrita. And then Rupa Goswami, so they're going in opposite directions. Rupa Goswami is on his way to Vrindavan because Lord Chaitanya asked him to go to Vrindavan. So he's on his way to Vrindavan. Mahaprabhu is on his way from Vrindavan. They meet there for 10 days and then they continue on their way. And Mahaprabhu continues to Varanasi, or Kashi as it's called, or Banaras, as the British called it, and there he meets Sanatana Goswami, and Sanatana Goswami, he uh, teaches for, we are told, for two months. And then that is summarized also in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Uh, Teachings to Rupa Goswami are Madhya Lila chapter 19, 
and teachings to Sanatana Goswami are chapters 20, 21, 22, 23, and maybe, well, 24, I think, is lots of ecstasy of <laughs> Mahaprabhu. 25 is um, a kind of second time describing his meeting with Prakash Ananda. So that's all summarized. Then again, Lord Chaitanya proceeds on his way back eventually to Puri. And Sanatana Goswami goes to Vrindavan and stays for some time. And then he goes to Puri. That's also described. <laughs> um, just exactly when did he write the Riyad Bhagavatamrita? I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. It might be explained, it's probably explained in the introduction here. Uh, Bhaktivedanta Book Trust has published uh, a wonderful translation and commentary of Riyad Bhagavatamrita. The translation uh, and commentary were done by the late Gopi Paramadana Prabhu. Uh, the commentary is based on Sanatana Goswami's um, auto-commentary. So he draws from his commentary and makes his. And it's uh, quite a wonderful work. Incidentally, <laughs> Archimurti Mataji, who will be with us, is his widow. <laughs> and they, uh, she lives here in uh, Braj, in, in Govardhan, on the other side, since how many years? Many years. Uh, her husband, Kopi Paranananda Prabhu, was, they were there uh, with their son. And... Uh, near the Bhaktivedanta Ashram, with cows, and I think she has a parrot, some, some sort of birds, yeah, it's a whole, whole scene. We should do pilgrimage just to her house. Brihad Bhagavatamrita, what is it? Brihad um, means great. Bhagavata Amrita, nectar of the Bhagavata. And you could call it a, a narrative, a dramatic uh, summary of the essential teachings of the Bhagavata. 
So it's kind of kind of like a, a novel. And there's been there's always the discussion comes up uh, when we hear the Brian Bhagavad or, or read it. Uh, it goes something like this. So uh, did this all really happen? <laughs> and um, you get sort of two answers. One is, yes, it all happened, and Sanatana Goswami saw it happen. It, it was revealed to him. And the other answer is something more like, well, Sanatana Goswami is... Um, being a bit creative, and he's telling it, um, he's, he's to draw the essence together, he's telling his story. So you choose which side of this you want to be on, if you want to be on a side. I like to be right in the middle. <laughs> Both end. And both uh, parts, there are two parts. Uh, are journeys. They're telling a story of journeys, of seeking. A little contextualizing, if you like, to modern sorts of things. Um, probably you've heard this expression, spiritual but not religious, spiritual but not religious. People do surveys asking people, are you religious? Or, you know, they have questionnaires, I don't know. they go to people on the streets, they do surveys and then they have statistics and they'll have this kind of category um, spiritual but not religious. Many people, I don't know percentages, but significant numbers in the West, when they're asked these questions, they'll say, yeah, I'm spiritual but not religious. And they even have a so, S um, B N R S B N R. I'm I'm an S B N R. I'm spiritual but not religious. <laughs> so this idea has been floating around. I don't know some years now. And I mention this because. Uh, I came across a book by one sociologist who studies this sort of thing in America. He's a professor at Princeton University, Richard Wuthnow, or Wuthnow, probably Polish name. Um, and he wrote a book called After Heaven. <laughs> with a subtitle, I remember. But the point I want to make is that he identified, and I found this interesting, possibly 
possibly relevant. He speaks about three kinds of spirituality. <clears throat> the spirituality of seeking. Seeking means search. I'm on a search. I had a professor who wrote another book. He was also a sociologist. He wrote a book called A Nation of Seekers. <laughs> and he was getting statistics about especially young people back in the 1960s uh, and 70s. We were all out seeking something. So, um, so the spirituality of seeking Oh, nice. Do we need some air? Yeah, we need some air. Should we go with some? There's, I don't know if... Um, it's not working. It's not working. No, it can be can on. It was. You want it? I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? If it, if it makes noise, no. <laughs> Better to open window. Okay. Yes, natural air. Why not? So, spirituality of seeking, spirituality of dwelling. Dwelling means living. Dwelling. Um, and third one he identifies as spirituality of practice, sadhana. <laughs> and then he does some sociological exercise with that. But I found these three terms interesting. Spirituality of seeking, of dwelling, of practice. Um, and what does that have to do with Riyad Bhagavatamrita is, I think, Riyad Bhagavatamrita is, uh, is about all three of these. <laughs> Narada Muni, especially in the first part, he's a seeker. Uh, he's seeking the devotee or devotees who have received or who receive uh, the greatest mercy of the Lord. So he's on a journey, he's on a search. Where is that devotee? And each devotee that he meets, after Narada Muni embar embarrasses them by praising them as having received so much mercy of the Lord. Um, each of the devotees then recommends another specific devotee as being one who has really received the mercy of the Lord. And so it goes uh, one after another, after another, after another, until um, Narada Muni finds himself in Dvaraka, meeting Krishna himself, meeting Uddhava, uh, 
and Uddhava, who is Uddhava? Uddhava has uh, been Krishna's messenger in Vrindavan. He has he came thinking he's the messenger uh, to the gopis, and it turned out more like the other way around. They have a message for him. <laughs> what is the highest, uh, the highest caliber of devotion? You know the word caliber. You have in Polish caliber. That's not a very good word to use in this context, maybe because it has to do with <laughs> violence. Anyway, so he's searching. Narada is a seeker, and similarly, Gopa Kumar, and before him, an unnamed Brahmana from Prajotish in Assam. They are seekers, and Gopa Kumar, he, he's, he's seeking, uh, what is he seeking? He's seeking home, really. He's seeking his home, Vrindavan. And so that brings us back to spirituality of dwelling, his longing for home. And... <laughs> Each of the devotees mentioned, but we can say especially Gopa Kumar, is chanting his mantra, and that is his practice. So the spirituality of practice is also there. So there's this interesting interwoven, uh, three themes woven together by Sanatana Goswami. I find it interesting. I find it interesting. I don't know. I'm interesting. <laughs> so, um, these are quite, uh, this is a quite extensive book. I don't know how many verses it is, um, but it's, it's an extensive book, and the truth is, it's not that I have a, a worked out plan of what and how we're going to discuss this. Um, I don't have it in mind to go through it all, because I don't think that's really possible. Of course, one can summarize. Uh, but. I don't really want to do that so much. I would uh, rather focus, thinking I would rather focus on sort of specific verses. And probably it's good today uh, just to start with the opening verses. Uh, where are we? Which part am I in? Yeah, this is volume. Okay. Um, so keep in mind that Sanatana Goswami is uh, 
a resident of Govardhan Radhakunda. At least later in his life, he we are told that he would do complete Govardhan Parikrama every day. And he didn't do the the inside Govardhan Parikrama, he did the outside Govardhan Parikrama, which is, whereas the inside, the full, is about 23 kilometers, he did the outs, the, the bigger one, 40 kilometers every day. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure he did it barefoot, too. Yeah. And uh, until he was quite elderly, it's said that he was still doing this in his 80s. Until Lord Chaitanya Was it through a dream? Told him enough's enough. I don't remember the details. And he gave him this uh, Govardhan Shiva <laughs> to circumambulate. Okay. Jayati nija padabja premadana vatirno vivida madurimati kopi kaishoragandhi kata paramada shantam yasya chaitanya rupad anubhava padamatam premako pishunatyam. This is the very first verse. All glories to that inconceivable Lord. who descended to bestow the gift of perfect love for his own lotus feet. He is an ocean filled with many kinds of sweetness, and he always bears the fragrance of fresh youth. In his form, as Sri Chaitanya, as Sri Chaitanya, he has realized the last extreme of transcendental experience, the love residing eternally in the gopis. So that's kind of summarizing who is Lord Chaitanya. He's the Supreme Lord, but more than that, <laughs> he's more than the Supreme Lord. He is the Lord who has realized. We wouldn't generally speak of God realizing something. Why? He's omniscient, right? He already knows it. But um, I don't know if this would be considered process theology, but <laughs> that's another subject. There's a whole... Um, theological uh, school called process theology. There's process philosophy and then process theology. 
some of you are going, uh, do we have to talk about such... I thought we were going to hear stories. <laughs> stories and a little philosophy, theology, it's good for you. <laughs> I'm just kind of thinking aloud here, because I noticed Lord Chaitanya, he has realized the last extreme of transcendental experience. And of course, chapter 7, Antilila Chaitanya Charitamrita. This is where Lord Chaitanya meets Balabhacharya, and he perceives in Balabhacharya bit of pride in his learning. And so to teach him, he, Lord Chaitanya, tells about all the devotees that he, Lord Chaitanya, has learned from. And what he has learned from them. He's learned from Advaitacharya, from Ramananda Roy from Swarup Damodar. I think he mentions Haridas Thakur. Who else does he mention? Vikram, you, you'll remember. <laughs> There's others, in any case. <laughs> anyway, chapter 7, until you, you can check. Point is, it seems there that Lord Chaitanya, he's saying himself, I learned, I learned something from these devotees. So that suggests something other, something different from this sort of static notion of God who is just, he's uh, omniscient, he's, he, he is just. That sounds almost, I don't know, almost boring, like, I already know everything. So what else is nothing? <laughs> Here it says, Lord Chaitanya has realized, what does he realize? Yes. Huh? <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I say that the highest uh, like point of um, spiritual experience was the experience yeah. of the gopis. Yes, the last extreme of transcendental experience, the love residing eternally in the gopis. So, Sanatana Goswami is praising Chaitanya. In his commentary, this is just uh, one of many, many points. Someone may doubt the possibility of ever understanding the Vrindavan Gopi's love for Krishna. Indeed, as long as one's mind is even slightly affected by lust, anger and greed. 
one cannot begin to appreciate the sublime purity of their love. That was not very encouraging. But by the powerful mercy of Krishna in his most recent appearance on earth, these impediments, obstacles, can be overcome with wonderful ease. There's hope <laughs> by Lord Chaitanya's mercy. Okay, verse 2. Shiradika pravritayo nitaram jayanti go yo nitanta vagavatiyata prasiddha yasamharo paramaso hrida madurinam nirvaktumisha apijatuna kopisakta. All glories above all to the gopis headed by Sri Radhika, who are famous as the Lord's dear most devotees. No one can even begin to properly describe the charm of their supreme affection for Sri Hari. <coughs> so that's interesting. Why? I think one reason it's interesting is because um, in the tradition which we always heard comes from Mimamsa, but I just read. No, it's not from Mimamsa, it's from Manva, Manvacharya, that there are six um, um, lingas, six ways of understanding what a text is saying. Um, Upakram Opasanhara Abhyaso Purvatapalam. And I won't remember the rest. <laughs> but the point I want to make here is covered in the first line, <laughs> which is Upakrama and Upasanhara. Upakrama means the beginning. And Upasanhara means the end. You can understand what a book is about. It can be a book, it can be a chapter, it can be a, something less, it can be a section of the Vedanta Sutra by what it says in the beginning and what it says in the end. So, what does this book say in the beginning? This book says, uh, it's, it's indicating already here, the highest love is with the gopis. That's what we're going to find out at the very end. Then you might say, well, if it's already in the very beginning, why do you need to read the whole book? Hmm. 
we need to read the whole book because then by going on the journey that Narada Muni goes on and going on the journey that Gopakumar goes on, by being with them in their journeys, then we get the depth of the meaning uh, of the exalted position of their love, of the Gopis' love. So, what do you think? Is that worth it? No? Yes. Yes. <laughs> no? No. Yes. Yes. They say yes. The men are kind of, hmm. <laughs> well, you're already asking. <laughs> we already read it. <laughs> Uh, in the commentary to this verse, uh, we get the famous quote <clears throat> uh, from Bhagavatam, uh, Canto 10, chapter whatever it is, 30, 32 maybe. Napareham svasadu krityam shapiva. Yamabajan durjadage hasinkala samvrishyatatva pratiyadu saduna. I am not able, this is Krishna, he's speaking to the gopis. He says, I'm not able to repay my debt for your spotless service even within a lifetime of Brahma. The Buddha Ayusha, his lifetime of Brahma. Your connection with me is beyond reproach. You know the word reproach? It means there's no fault, there's no blame. It's perfect. Beyond imperfection. You have worshipped me, cutting off all domestic ties which are difficult to break. Turjara Gehashunkala. Therefore, Krishna says, please let your own glorious deeds be your compensation. Is that very satisfying? Just be satisfied that you're so glorious. Uh, maybe not. <clears throat> it seems not because then the Lord appears in order to do something more than just say this. And he comes as Lord Chaitanya to take on the same, not just the same spirit, the same mood, but to uh, accept the same trouble that they accepted. Because it's mentioned in this verse, Durjara Geha Srinkala. Very difficult to cut off domestic ties. So Lord Chaitanya, what does he do at the age of 24? He cuts off domestic ties. 
kind of. <laughs> Essentially, he does. Um, so he takes on this uh, to, to, you say in, in Polish, solidarność. <clears throat> that's, that's a very political term. But uh, solidarity, solidarność, is... Um, identifying with some group of people who are, you know, maybe struggling or being, you know, part of, isn't it? Tikshna Rupa, that means something like that. Sort of. Anyway, we don't want to get into Polish politics. What did Swami talk about today? Oh, man, some of you are Polish politics. Oh, my God. Okay. Lord Chaitanya, you know, he, he accepts. Um, it can be said, he does this to pay this debt huh, that he feels. He feels a debt. Why does he feel a debt? The gopis are giving everything to him. They've given everything up, and now they're saying, we are yours, just take us. And Krishna's saying, go back home. <laughs> no, we can't go back home. <laughs> we, we've, we've burned our bridges behind us. Mm -hmm. Svadayata nija bhavam yovibhavya sabhava sumaduram avatirno bhaktarupena lobhat jayatikana kadama krishna chaitanya nama harari hayati harari hayati besha shri sachi sunuresha Oh, this is nice. Realizing that the ecstasy of his beloved devotees is even sweeter than his own. Out of greed, the Lord descended to this world in the form of his own devotee. Dressed as a renunciant, Yati Vesha, Golden in effulgence, he bears the name Sri Krishna Chaitanya. All glories to that Lord Hari who has appeared as the son of Mother Shachi. Um, and Gopi uh, Paranadana Prabhu, with inspiration guidance from Sanatana Goswami in his commentary, he explains that um, there was a doubt expressed um, in relation to the first two verses about how is it possible to understand uh, or to describe the love of the gopis. Anticipating this question, 
Srila Sanatana Goswami replies that Sri Chaitanya Dev is the only deliverer of the most fallen and wretched souls. As the Supreme Spiritual Master, he has descended in this most attractive form to distribute the transcendental taste of Sankirtana, the congregation chanting of his own holy names. And so the point is, Lord, that Sanatana Goswami is um, wanting to receive the mercy of Lord Chaitanya, and therefore is glorifying them, glorifying him in this verse. Um, well, it goes on with more explanation. Hmm. Lord Chaitanya experiences what Krishna was unable to describe about the love of Gopis of Vrindavan, and therefore reveals this experience to his followers. And this is what indicates that Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the supreme appearance of the Lord. Uh -huh. And then he quotes, Nirapeksham munim shantam nirvairam samadarshanam anuprajam yaham nityam puyeyetyangri reinavi. With the dust of my devotee's lotus feet, I desire to purify the material worlds which are situated within me. Thus, I always follow in the footsteps of my pure devotees, who are peaceful, free from all personal desire, wrapped in thought of my pastimes, means absorbed in my pastimes, devoid of feelings of enmity, and of equal disposition everywhere. That's from Bhagavatam, Canto 11, verse 14, chapter 14, verse 16. Um, so here the point is that the Lord himself is glorifying his devotees, and he's saying, it's my devotees who are purifying the world. I always follow in the footsteps of my pure devotees. <laughs> That's nice. So speaking of uh, the debt that Lord Chaitanya feels, that Krishna feels, feeling that debt, he appears in the world as Lord Chaitanya. And what does Lord Chaitanya do? He performs Sankirtan. And what is Sankirtan? It is the broadcasting of the glories of the Lord. 
and the purification of the heart of one who performs. And what is the what is the result of that? The purification of the heart. And it's also the attraction of conditioned souls to also engage in serving the Lord, glorifying the Lord. And what happens when someone takes up the practice of bhakti yoga, Krishna consciousness, surrenders to Krishna, what happens, what becomes the situation of that devotee in terms of obligation? That devotee then becomes obligated to those who have given him or her Krishna Bhakti, right? So now think about it. The the debt which Krishna feels, he wants to pay back, so he comes as Lord Chaitanya. As Lord Chaitanya, he spreads the Sangatang. Now he's expanding the debt. He's making us all into debtors. We are indebted <laughs> to Lord Chaitanya, we're indebted to Guru, we're indebted to Guru Varga, and we stay indebted. And what do we do about it? Do we say, oh, well, Eternally in debt, can't do anything about that. I'll just be in debt. Maybe they'll put me in debtor prison. They used to have debtor prisons. In England, at least. Also in Poland. <laughs> they had debtor prisons. People who were in debt couldn't pay, they had to go to prison. How are you supposed to pay your debts if you're in prison? They had to live in the prison, but during the day they could go out and work. They just had to come back at night. Anyway, so um, do we just, you know, go into debt or prison? No. No, then we join in the Sankirtan, spreading of the glories of the holy name of Krishna. Radha Krishna. And what does that do? That attracts more people and puts them into debt. It's a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> it's a Ponzi scheme. It's a pyramid. And instead of making... No, I shouldn't put it that way. Uh, <laughs> Hare Krishna. I don't know where I'm going with that. But it's true, isn't it? It's expanding the debt. This is, this is a serious issue. But along with the debt, what else is happening? We, 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 we celebrate, isn't it, that we have this debt. 
And the celebration is we expand. So it's all, trace it all back. It all goes back to Krishna's feeling of indebtedness to his devotees. So as one accepts the debt, one engages in service, and by that engagement, we become purified. And as we become purified, we become inspiration for the Lord to the point that he wants to, he wants to reciprocate, he wants to do something for us. He wants to follow in the footsteps of the devotees. So it's an interesting cosmic uh, situation of um, obligation and, and addressing the obligation and then putting the Lord in a position that he's serving the devotees. I'm not putting this very well, but maybe you get what I'm trying to say. Does it make any sense? Sort of. <laughs> okay. I better stop while I'm ahead. Um, well, maybe just one more verse. Jayati Matura Devi Shrishta Purishu. No, that's not the meaning. Jayati Matura Devi Devi Shrishta Purishu Mano Brahma Paramadayata Kangsara Terjani Stiti Ranjita Durita Haranam Mukter Bhakter api pratipadanaj jagati mahita tatta krida katastu krida katastu vidurata. Kind of a strange meter. All glories to Goddess Matura Devi, the best of holy cities. She enchants the mind. She is most dear to the enemy of Kamsa. And she is adorned with the Lord's birthplace. The city of Mathura is acclaimed throughout the world for dispelling misery and bestowing liberation and devotion. Not to mention the various pastimes the Lord has played there. Mathura is mentioned in the Upadeshamrita of Rupa Goswami, uh, verse number nine. Uh, who, let's see. Vaikuntha Chanito Vara Madhupuri Tatrapi Rasotsavat Vrindaranya Udharapani Ramanam Ramanat Tatrapi Govardhan Radha Kundam Ihapi Gokulapate Premamrita Plavanat Kurya Asya Virajato 
giritate sevam vivegi nata. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> I won't tell you how long I worked on that. <laughs> Uh, but it's, it's another journey, actually, within one verse. Going from Vaikuntha to Mathura, to Vrindavan, to Govardhan, to Radhakunda. Um, and it's not descending, it's as ascending. <laughs> so even though it starts in Vaikuntha, it's saying, higher than Vaikuntha is Mathura. And why is it higher? Uh, because the Lord appeared there. <laughs> and um, Vrindavan is higher uh, than Mathura. Why? Because Rasa Utsava, because of uh, the Rasa dance being performed. And higher than Vrindavan is um, is Govardhan. Um, why is it higher? Um, let's see, what was it? Prindaran. Udarapani. Oh, yes. It's higher. Why? Because Lord, the Lord raised it on his, on his pani, on his hand. <clears throat> Ramanat. Govardhana. And guess what's even higher than Govardhan? Radhakunda. Why? Premamrita Plavanat. Because it is simply a, 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 a bathing uh, drenched in prema. Prema in the, the nectar of prema. And then the last line says, Kuya Asya Virajito Giritate Sevam Viveki Naka. What thoughtful person, Viveki? What thoughtful person would not serve Radha Kunda? It's a rhetorical question. What you know? What person in their right mind would not serve Radha Understanding how exalted it is. So from Vaikuntha to where? Vaikuntha to Mathura, from Mathura to Vrindavan, from Vrindavan, Govardhan. Govardhan, Yeah, actually, I think it's nice that we're doing the South End uh, Parikrama tomorrow. This will be like preparing us, purifying us for Radha Kunti. <laughs> Question. I see, I see, I see, I could see it even before you started. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. No, it was something coming in my mind. Uh, maybe it's, it's crazy, but could it be, or you heard something about um, 
the different rasas, we know uh, there are different rasas to Krishna, and now you mentioned these different levels like Vaikuntha and uh, highest Radhakund. Can be like a connection between of this? Uh, there could. <laughs> How's that for an answer? <laughs> could be. <laughs> Well, yes, uh, if you think about it, Mathura, yeah, I'm sure we could work that out. Uh, uh, Vaikuntha, Vaikuntha is, is the place of awe and reverence, right? Everyone is saying, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. <laughs> That's Vaikuntha. And then Mathura, um, the Lord appears in Mathura. He's um, there's a, there's of course some Vatsalya, Bhava there, uh, and then yeah, I don't know if that's elaborated by the commentators. See, I don't, I don't, maybe. But I think that the thrust of the verse is to say, yes, there's so many wonderful, exalted, transcendental places, even beyond, or of course beyond this world, but even in this world, and even the most of the most of the most exalted of all these places is Radhakant. And, of course, yes, why? Because it is drenched in prema. And yes, prema implied, we can say, is madhurya, uh, is, is the, the flavor of the prema. Uh, yeah. mm -hmm. My question this is this question of Pramalata from last night. Um, um, this question is from my friend Pramalata from last night on Gilmore's is Pramalata's question. Um, she was asking, we, we had a debate last night before we went to sleep, not debate, but uh, she was wondering, uh, before Govardhan had sunk in, uh, in the earth, does it mean that Radhakund was um, on the actual hill? <laughs> so you had a debate. <laughs> well, <laughs> we were just wondering, like try, trying to imagine, because um, um, originally it was way up there on the top, and it's been sinking down ever since. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't think that's mentioned. <laughs> okay. That was the question. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's something. Maybe there's something about it in Garga Samhita. Garga Samhita. Maybe. What Lord Chaitanya found was just a kind of a puddle in a rice field. 
which was by that time uh, when Lord Chaitanya came, which was uh, I think it said the year 1515 in the present calendar. Um, by that time Radha Kunda was kind of, you know, so many things were just forgotten about, covered over. Therefore, uh, Lord Chaitanya sent the Goswamis to discover, to rediscover uh, these holy, these sacred places of Krishna Lila. There were others, uh, Narayana Bhakta, uh, also. There's a book called the Raja Bhakti Vilasa. There's the Hari Bhakti Vilasa of Sanatana Goswami, um, which I believe there's evidence that it was initially called the Bhagavad Bhakti Vilasa. And then combined with the commentary, it became the Hari Bhakti Vilasa. In any case, there's a Raja Bhakti Vilasa, which um, was by Narayana Bhakta. And Narayana Bhakta was, um, I don't remember details, but he was around discovering holy places and he was writing in great detail what exactly you should do at each of the, uh, at each of these holy places, what, how to perform the, the, the rituals appropriate for each of these places. He was quite into the ritual side. I think when we go to Radhakund, we will employ um, Mohan Panda. <laughs> you know Mohan Panda? Yes. Uh, to take us through the rituals of worshipping Radhakund as it would be done. Would you like that? Um, yesterday you gave us such a beautiful meditation, uh, sitting in the banks of Yamuna and putting all our problems and whatever is in our life which is not supportive to put it in the boat and buy it. This was really beautiful and that we can be here and now without that. But still, uh, like you were mentioning, that tomorrow we are going on Parkrun to prepare ourselves to visit Radhakund, which is the <coughs> most exalted of all exalted and exalted and exalted place in this world. But still, can you help us a little bit with the attitude, what, how to approach, how to go there, what should... It's just Hare Krishna Mahamantra in our mind, but still, because I can say for myself, I'm not even aware what it means, the most exalted place in the world, but I'm here. So, can you share something or some kind of tips on the attitude, the mood, what should be? Um, well, my thought in um, recent days is that uh, Srila Rupa Goswami prepares us with the first eight verses of the Upadeshamrita. So, you can do a quick Reread 
like uh, Hanuman Prashika Swami likes to say, uh, spend five minutes with a genius. That's what he sometimes titles a lecture on the uh, Upadeshamrita, his favorite book. Five minutes with a genius. So the genius is Rupa Goswami, and the five minutes is how long it takes, if you read a little quickly, uh, just the verses, of, because there's only 11 verses. And the first eight are, you can say, I think, you can say, they're like preparing, they're leading us. Bacho vegam sakroda vegam Chifa vegam udarapasta vegam Etam vegam yogisha hitadira Sarvamakvanapimam pritivinchashishyat It's about controlling the senses, the vegas. And then what not to do and what to do uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, Chai Bego Domi Chai Dosha Shodi Chai Guna Deho Dase Chai Satsanga Deho E Amai Deho E Amai Bosechi Sangiro Asha. He's praying to the, mm, uh, to the spiritual master, O He Vaishnava Thakur, Doyara Sagara, you are an ocean of mercy. So, and then he's, he says, Chaya Bega Domi, give, uh, give me the power to, to control, Domi, uh, the six pushings, Vega, Chaya Bega Domi, Chaya Dosha Shodhi, uh, and purify me from the six doshas. What are they? Atyahara Prayasas, Chakrajalpa, Niyamadra, Sangha, Sangha, what is it? Lodiyam cha Yeah. So there's six things not to do, right? I won't give a whole class on that. <laughs> and then chai vega doni chai doshashvi chai guna dehodase. Um, give me the six qualities. What are they? Utsahanis chaya daya tatta karma pratma sangha tyaga satovrite shabir bhakti prasidyati chaya guna deha dase chaya satsangha deha. He says, and give me the uh, give me the six kinds of association with devotees. What are those? We're leading the heart of confidence. Tadati, Pratigrinati, Guhyam, Akhyati, Prichati, Bhunte, Bhojayate, Chaiva, Shabir. What is it? Bhakti, Prasidhi. No, pretty much. That's it. So, um, so you can pray to Bhaktivinotakur <laughs> to give us that that mood. 
So the point is, all of that is leading up, and then it, then it, uh, what is it? How to uh, respect devotees? Krishnaiti yasya giritam manasadriyeta dikshasti chetpranati vishavajantami isham shushayavadanavigyamananyamanyat nindari shunyaridam ipsita sankamantya. Three types of devotees, how to respect them, and then um, I won't remember the Sanskrit for the next one. It's about the not um, making the mistake of seeing external so-called faults of a devotee, which are compared to the um, various things one might see in the Ganga, because the Ganga is always pure. And then, Syat Krishna Nama Chaditadi Sitapya Vidya Vitopatapurasanasya Navrochikandu Kintvadara Naninam Kalasaiva Jushasvampi Kramat Pavatitap Kadamula Hantri The problem of um, jaundiced conditioned life is solved how? By chanting, chanting, chanting the holy name. And then, then it gets serious. Tanama rupa charitadi sukirtananu smrito kramena rasanama sini oja tishtan braje tishtan braje tadanuragi tadanuragi jananu gami kalam nayet akilam iti upadesha saram the essence saram of all upadesha <laughs> it's all packed into this one verse to carefully chant hear the holy name in Vrindavan following the advanced devotees and then comes the three verse there's then it's it's interesting because there's the, the whole book is only 11 verses. And out of 11, three of them are about Radha Kunda, <laughs> the glories of Radha. Uh, so it occurred to me that what's a way to appreciate what's Rupa Goswami's intention is he's He's giving us this uh, quick start guide <laughs> for his devotional life, but he's preparing us in a sense for Radha Kunda. That's kind of how I was reflecting. <laughs> uh oh, Bir Chandra is very eager to ask un pregunta. <laughs> Okay. Sí. Narada Muni, según su explicación, su nueva teoría de es un buscador virtual. According to your explanation about the theory of the sociologist, Narada Muni is a seeker. 
Ah, y también es un viajero cósmico. Y es también un cosmic traveler. Por eso él hace este, este viaje durante el Bhagavatamrita. Therefore, he's doing this travel with the Bhagavad Gita, mm. answering the questions, asking questions to great devotees, great authorities, mm -hmm. and even by so compromising them to, to admit that they have the, the mercy Sin embargo, Narayamuni en su vida anterior. However, Narada Muni, in his previous life, era solo un niño hijo de una de una asistente de un hospital. Right. He was just a, a child. Was, yeah. Yeah. Donde se hospedaban los grandes grandes devotos. Where the great devotees were staying. Yes. Yeah. Y su único mérito fue escuchar a estos sabios. His only merit was to listen to these sages. Y tomar los remanentes. The power of hearing and the power of prasada of, of devotees and you can say in general the association with those devotees. And that's something Bhaktivinoda Thakur emphasizes in his Harinama Chintamani. We may come to that tomorrow morning. No, we won't because we're going on pre-program. <laughs> but uh, He emphasizes that a lot as the solution. In particular, now I'm, um, spoiler alert, uh, <laughs> that, uh, that the, very much the substance of the solution to the problem of inattention, as we brought this up today, is association with advanced devotees because they will inspire one to chant in, intently and attentively. Tanada. Yeah. <laughs> right, well, okay, one more quick question. Um, thank you for the lecture so much. Just like to ask, you talked about um, paying back the debt to Lord Chaitanya, our spiritual master, and that we can do this by yeah, um, being a mission. I would like to ask also with especially advanced devotees or devotees we learn from, is this also the same way we pay back our debt by engaging in a preaching mission, or is there also something else we can do to pay back this debt to other devotees? Well, it's all part of the mix. I mean, all of our service, we can say, is part of this mission. Uh, 
on, we see ourselves, whatever service we're doing, as part of a greater mission, which is Lord Chaitanya's mission. Um, the service may or may not be <laughs> out on the streets. Uh, it, it may be something else. There's so many kinds of service. But the general It's all part of the same. We, we want to see ourselves as part of the mission. And we want to see our service as somehow supporting. We may be very much in the background of that, or we might be in the forefront or somewhere in between, but it's all part of the same movement. Hare Krishna. Yeah. Okay, I think it's time for dinner. Announcements. 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 The terrible death to die. <laughs> they used to sing that in summer camp when I was a kid. <laughs> Prihat Bhagavatam into Kijai, Shri Sanatan Goswami Kijai, Shri Prabhupada Kijai, Lord Prima Kijai.